most people are in this fight or flight. I would say the majority, I mean, do meet, maybe just people I hang out with, but like we've had trauma, we're, we're stressed, we're running around and a lot of us live, we don't learn to ever breathe correctly. Yeah, well, we're attuning to each other too. You know, so yeah, like it, you would, any one person, wherever their state is at, the typical tendency is for them to find other people that are in that similar place because we only want to be around people that are similar to us typically typically yeah you know right. and so or finding like a polar like someone that's on the opposite side of the pole to kind of even you out as a thing as well but when we're hanging out together we're going to start to take on similar facial affect we'll take on similar postures we'll take on similar breath because in order for us to be able to connect we and create that rapport we need to kind of see the common ground Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. I'm Dr. Emily, and on today's show, I'm joined by movement coach and host of the Align podcast, Aaron Alexander, to talk about how our daily physical work plays a role and how we get in touch with our bodies in and outside the bedroom. Topics include, did you know that your structural alignment actually ties into how you're feeling about yourself every day? What it means to be emotionally vulnerable and why it's a strength, not a weakness. How masturbating can actually help you make the right decisions in life. Hey, it's called post-nut clarity. And the more time you spend with your partner, the more likely you are to adopt aspects of their personality. Did you know that? All this and more. Thanks for listening. You know that I'm obsessed with you doing your Kegel exercises regularly. I mean, they do stop those sneeze and pee situations and they lead to more intense orgasms. I mean, that's why we need a strong pelvic floor. And honestly, hate to break it to you, it weakens over time. It just does. Which is where BTL and Cella comes in. And trust me, there's a good chance it can change your life. So check this out. BTL Amcella is a large chair that you sit in, fully clothed, while it uses electromagnetic pulses to deliver 11,000 Kegel exercises in a single session. I'll say it again, just in case you didn't catch it, because I didn't believe it either. You sit on this chair for 28 minutes, and when you stand up, you've just completed 11,000 Kegel contractions. Now, I made my Kegel Camp app years ago just to help us all stay on track, but I don't think you'd ever get to 11,000. BTL Amcella is next level stuff, and people all over the world have been amazed by the results. And such as for women. I mean, BTL Amcella has FDA clearance for all forms of female and male urinary incontinence. Essentially that peeing or dripping, well, you know, when you don't want to, when you least expect it, jumping on trampoline, when you can't find a bathroom, all that stuff. So whether you're one of the 40 million women wearing pads every day or a guy dealing with embarrassing leaks, BTL Amcella may give you your life back. There are hundreds of providers offering BTL Amcella treatments. To find one near you, go to sexwithemily.com slash BTL. That's sexwithemily.com slash BTL. into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com and love our site. Also, you guys, find me on SiriusXM Stars, channel 109. I'm there Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, and I love it. 
You guys should totally call in and you can get a free trial at sexwithemily.com slash SXM. And you can always call us 888-947-8277. Find me on all social media. It's at sexwithemily across the board. Also, you guys, special announcement. If you haven't heard, I have a new vibrator necklace. Now, when I say that, I know you're picturing like a big, I don't know, dildo around my neck, but it is a beautiful, elegant vibrator that you wear as a necklace. Super strong, USB rechargeable, comes engraved, comes in three colors. You can get gold or rose gold or silver, and it is pretty cool. And it works. It's strong and powerful. Three phrases you can choose from. I come first, turn me on, or meditate, masturbate, manifest. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash Vesper to check it out. And we're also doing a giveaway. Lube. You know I love lube. Lube on every nightstand. Well, check out the Muse Intimacy giveaway. Go to our Instagram or go to our website to find out details. It ends October 17th because I know you want to add some flavor to your sex life. And these are delicious. Email us. How has lube changed your sex life? Feedback at sexwithemily.com. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. Aaron, this has been quite a morning already. Yeah. You just like showed up 20 minutes ago and I've had my whole, everything has shifted now. I'm grounded mm-hmm. in my seat looking at you across the table. You grounded me into my body mm. like the last time I saw you. And we've met each other twice now. And the first time I was on your podcast, a line podcast, and now you're here for mm. the Sex with Emily podcast. And I actually was kind of hoping when you came in, we would do that. How would you explain what we just did? Well, it's called acro yoga is what acro we just yoga. did. yoga. Yeah, people are probably familiar with that. Um, and essentially, but ours was special. <laughs> ours was special, <laughs> especially the, the 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 snuggle at the end. I just wanted to snuggle. <laughs> I love snuggling. I think that so partner partner acrobatics or acro yoga or any form of like excuse to touch, I think is one of the most valuable things that we can do in in Western culture because we essentially have like two gears of contact. There's like you know maybe maybe three. There's no contact at all. And then there's physical violence contact. And then there's like full on penetration sex. Yeah, exactly. You know, but then within that, there's this whole spectrum of contact that I think that uh, it's really important that we learn. It is important. Well, especially with touch. Like I think we, we crave touch. We need touch. And I think there is this like epidemic of loneliness and we're not getting out. We're not even hugging. That's when I came in. You're like, that was a big hug. I'm was like, a big hug. Have you heard nice failure thing. to thrive before? Have you heard yeah, that as a, as I a have. term? Yes. Yeah. So there's um, there's been all sorts of instances of that. Essentially, when a child doesn't have enough contact, they get this signal that their mother or their caretaker isn't around to take care of them, and their metabolism slows down, and their 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 growth just kind of comes to a halt. They start developing all sorts of emotional disorders, and the potential theoretical reason for that is that they get this signal that there's no one there to, to, to hold them to take care of them so it's safer for them to go into the, kind of this like hibernation winter mode and so their wow. body kind of goes into this hole and so you see that in uh what was it the uh not armenian orphanages what was the hungry no what was the orphanages that they did that it was the I know remember this? It was, in late, remember this? it was in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Anyways. I remember the same study with the bunnies, too, they did. There was, like, a, professors at Stanford who did a study with bunnies, and there was, like... Romanian orphanages. Okay, Romanian orphanages. Yeah. The kids, because... Okay, got it. No, it's important. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. You couldn't ever let it go. Um, but, yeah, it's true. We all we all crave, like, touch, and, and, and we don't even think we, we need it, or maybe we didn't have enough when we were little, so we think we don't need it. But I think... What does it say? Also, you should have, like, how many hugs a day? Oh, or whatever. A lot. Fuck it, a lot. Yeah. It even stimulates, I'll get into like other things that aren't just like studies and stuff like that, but um, it stimulates neurogenesis. 
in okay. in mice specifically there was like an interesting study where they were uh, tickling rat pups and so they would take them through this like this tickle protocol and what they found is that it actually stimulated their brains to grow and so literally this touch this contact like we think of nutrition as being the only thing that's like the you know the 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 raw materials for us to grow but there's so many other materials i think touch is one of the foundational ones it is it is so is that so tell me about your journey so you are you have started a movement called the align movement Mm. Right. Yeah, align, align, method? align method. Yeah, see, I'm not looking at my notes. Well, whatever. Align method, align podcast. Aaron Alexander is who's here with me today. Yeah. So, so back up from it because you we could get into what you're doing now. But how did you? You even got started as a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, I insecurity. Insecurity. Got started with insecurity. You started with <laughs> being an insecure man, which we know there are many insecure men, as there are women. Yeah. So, how old were you when you were like this? I was. You were kind of struggling at your. So I level. so I became really obsessed with packing on uh, muscle essentially when I was like 14. So I came okay. from like a really awkward, I had like this sweet uh, bowl cut that my mom did and it was all uneven. I had like big buck teeth and just all the things were off. And where, I was like, where were you this, growing up? Uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, okay. Amish country. Okay. So everything was essentially like about as awkward as it possibly could have been. Were you Amish? No. Okay. Just yeah. in the country. Yeah, yeah. that would have been more. Mm-hmm. That would have been extra interesting if I was Amish too. But um, with the haircut though, it would seem. You would seem. You've you would, fitting right in. <laughs> you would think. So um, you're like, something's off. I just don't feel. Well, so then, I mean, so my dad started getting into crack. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like crackogeneticist, no. but like. Crack. crack drugs like crack okay. yeah and uh, i started pimping women and all sorts of weird stuff started happening at, and at home before that he was like a falconer like we would hunt bunnies with hawks wow. together and okay. shit like that it's very interesting um he was the president of the nature conservancy and he was a stockbroker and he like led all this wow yeah it was interesting um and then, then all of a sudden got that, into crack and then he started smoking crack <laughs> Wow. Okay. And within that. And your parents, were they still married? Yeah. Okay. Until he went to prison. And so that happened when I was around like 16. Before okay. that, I think subconsciously I was starting to kind of sense some, you know, because kids are really sensitive. Yeah. We, we know what's going on. We know All what's the going parents on. who are like, we can't, we have to stay together for our kids. No, yeah, they know no, no, you're no. miserable. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like, like seek, I think create joy in the house teach your child how to how to boldly find joy in their yeah. life i think that's like a really important thing like totally. if you're living in that way like that that exudes through the whole the whole place i think that's the most important thing um but within that i'm nothing but grateful for all that now my dad's like he's like loves jesus now and he's like selling okay. insurance he's doing great stuff and he's buying a house in florida and great. it's like we have a great relationship Good. and it's like it's, it's very cool um but in that i think i was sensitive to the kind of like lack of safety in the in the house yeah and that translated into becoming um obsessed with packing on biological safety in the form of like slabs of muscle okay so i just became totally like you know uh, obsessed with all the front muscles so like biceps and pecs and abs and like everything i could flex in front of the mirror and then my body essentially started like exploding in the sense of like joints dislocating and like chronic pain and anxiety as a young kid as a teenager Mm -hmm. okay because you were just doing it how you felt good, but you weren't obviously following certain protocols. Your so just following superficial, all the superficial right. indicators. Yeah. Anything that I could do for superficial validation, I was going hard into that. Okay. As far as having like any teachers to help, like go in and no, you know, you tidy up like any of the internal the bits. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like pumping iron and like the movie Pumping Iron with Arnold. Right. 
um you know and yeah we were like drinking bottles of robitussin and shit just like wanting to get high wow. and uh okay yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird. Did it weird, help your confidence? At least superficially. R- Robitussin? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm open. Whatever works. The bodybuilding. And- For sure, temporarily. But then you put too much of your yourself. You know, you hang your hat on that part. Right. And as long as you hang your hat on that part, essentially, it's like, you know, the uh, an analogy could be like you're building your house on the side of a volcano. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it's totally dormant. Like it's all good. It's right. like okay, like yeah, exactly. I wouldn't invest too much into right, that house because exactly. any point it could be taken away. So then you started feeling, so you got, you got built though and you started getting, did you start getting more attention from women, for example? Was that where you were feeling insecure? Were you just feeling overall like you you get your ass kicked because you were a small kid? I think my heart was too closed off in order to actually allow any meaningful relationships in. Um, I'm still like working on that. Like yeah. it's still something that's we like the okay. highest order for right, me. Right, right. And I'm, I'm there too. Yeah. So heart has been just clenched. Yeah. Clenched. Clenching. <laughs> Everywhere clenching. Everything's clenched. God, so my anus was clenched. Yeah, too. exactly. How's still working now? on I mean, it's better. Right. I'm it's learning. Better. Okay, good. Yeah. But so that, that I shut found down your too. tool that you offered to be helpful. What tool did I offer? Oh, the prostate. The prostate. Tool. T- no, was that a prostate? That wasn't a prostate. Oh, can oh, the womanizer premium go what in the anus? It? I thought it was a smoothie no. stirring stick. <laughs> it goes in the. It goes in the in the vagina. It goes internally, and then that little thing sucks on your clitoris. I thought that was for my anus. But maybe it could go in the. I can't remember. Well, it's too, I don't think it's, it's, too, anus. it's too late now, Emily. Okay. <laughs> Just wait, though. We've got some toys. For don't you, you have an anus thing, dude? We've got B vibes. Why are you giving me? Do you know what I B, the B vibe? No, I will give you some butt toys. We love the B vibe. When Man. you leave here, you're going to go shopping in our sex drive. Did I give, take you there shopping last time? Shopping part two, yeah. I'll go again. What I get, did I, is, that what I, is that what you're saying I gave you last time or just now? You're talking about You gave me some type of apparatus for an orifice. Oh, oh, oh. I thought I it was I gave you the Neros. I thought you meant the thing we saw out there. No, that's You the meant clit, the last the, time you were the here. Suction that cup. was a clit whisperer. Right. I gave you an Aneros toy for your prostate. Oh, see? I, I was know. right. I know. You were right, but you didn't use it. Well, you know. I, okay, got it. But you haven't used it. Can we talk about opening the heart then? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, seriously, because I feel like in, in, in ways I was very similar to you where I, I, I took to working out when I was about... I didn't start till later, though. I was... Um, I think I was like a freshman in college and I kind of sent high school years just sort of, you know, had a very like emotionally neglectful childhood for sure. Mm. And then I did find exercise. Like I started just running, like I was just running marathons and exercising and it felt, I felt so good. I got that endorphin rush for the first time because I was not naturally athletic as a kid. I was like, got notes to get out of gym class. I always was the smallest, like the last one picked. Like I didn't, no one played sports in my family. I just didn't feel confident in that way. And then I started to work out and I felt like I was moving my body and I was in my body, but I realized a lot of that was just to get the like endorphins and then to like look good. You know, a lot of it was maybe superficial in a way, but mostly what I've realized now is it's been more for the dopamine for my mind and all that stuff. But through all my movement I've been doing, you, you think like the heart, is all a part of that because a lot of your work has to do with breath, right? Breathing yeah. through. And I think a lot of us, you might not, maybe like listeners are thinking, oh yeah, I feel my heart's open. But I think a lot of us as a, as a reaction to things that happen in our life, either it's big traumas, little traumas, you just kind of slowly shut down and you build like a wall around it. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can check into your breath at any time and right. see, you know, a one-to-one relationship with the, the state of your nervous system, whether you're actually in a, a calm, restful, digestive, healing state or whether you're kind of stuck in more of like a fight, flight, panicky type place. How do we do that? 
mm, something we can do right now. So you can bring your hands to the sides of your ribs. <clears throat> Oftentimes we learn like in, in yoga world that we want to like breathe into the belly and yeah. we just kind of like extend our belly out and we think that we're diaphragmatically breathing. That doesn't mean you're actually utilizing your diaphragm yet. Um, so a, an even more effective test would be just bring your hands to the sides of your ribs and then breathe and feel that the horizontality, feel the breath going out that's to the word. sides. Okay. Yeah, that's one word to say. So out to the side and then you can emphasize the breath out so you can do like four seconds into your nose or does it matter through the nose 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 yeah so you can go four seconds in then try holding for four seconds and then try six seconds out and then hold for four seconds we're only gonna do this once and then back in and then you can go through a repetition of that. And so some people oftentimes when they're kind of stuck, like think about when you get surprised, you go, <gasps> you, know, you take a big breath yeah. through your mouth and you go, and your, your clavicles, the yeah. your bones up around your neck go up and it's all this upper, you know, vertical type breath. When you are calm, you're able to really emphasize that breath right. all the way out, 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 out. And you can get that last little bit of exhale out of your body. At the same time, what you can do is you can kind of like speak into your nervous system, your emotional state by starting to activate more of that, that physical side, thinking more like kind of like bottom up, you know, mm -hmm. my body affects my mind. And so you can start to leverage those same practices and emphasize that breath out to really bring yourself into more of that parasympathetic, like restful, well, digestive state. About. So what we're saying is like most people are in this fight or flight. I would say the majority, I mean, do meet, maybe just people I hang out with, but like we've had trauma where we're stressed, we're running around and a lot of us live, we don't learn to ever breathe correctly. Yeah, well, we're attuning to each other too. You know, so yeah, like it, you would, any one person, wherever their state is at, the typical tendency is for them to find other people that are in that similar place. Because we only want to be around people that are similar to us, typically. Typically. Yeah. You know, right. and so, or finding like a polar, like someone that's on the opposite side of the pole to kind of even you out as a thing as well. But when we're hanging out together, we're going to start to take on similar facial affect. We'll take on similar postures. We'll take on similar breath. Because in order for us to be able to connect we and create that rapport, we need to kind of see the common ground. Right. But it's not even conscious. It's kind of like tantric sex. Totally unconscious. It's like if you, the tantric practice is if you're just looking each other's eyes and eventually your breath will start to sync up. Yeah, you have that uni unicity feeling. Exactly. So, but what I'm saying is, okay, I don't mean everyone, but many of us do yeah. not ever learn to properly breathe. Maybe sometimes we do and we're calm, but a lot of us just live with the vertical mm -hmm. breath. Like totally. Sort of like, I always think we haven't, or, or it's sort of like we haven't done like the 12 inch journey from our head to our heart. And yep. we also haven't like we're just sort of living above yep. our heart. To, so so this breath is so I feel like breath is the new Omar works into meditation. Everyone hears meditation. But now I feel like we really I think it would do us so much better practice if we just learned how to, to even that deeper diaphragm breathing or in yoga. Like I almost yeah. got confused with which breath do I do? I've learned so many different types. Does it matter? Or should we all just do think? Would you recommend that everybody practice this so starting off with basic tools to get you closer into a place of like balance or integration and then eventually you have to let go of all the tools you know so it's like you use the raft to get across the river and then once you finally get across the river now it's like okay you have to drop the raft and keep on walking you know, so those tools can like like the breathing technique we just did that can help you get to a point of like okay i'm not in just this total panic state so i'm back into somewhat more of like a place of homeostasis yeah. and then eventually okay how do i find you know you could call it like your original breath 
you know, so an interesting thing would be look at a picture of yourself as a kid or look at a video of yourself as your kid, as a kid and see, wow, how did I move? Right. How did I breathe? Like, what was my, my kind of my, my, my perspective of the world at that point? You know, and then as an adult, now perhaps I have this blood pressure issue or I'm, I hang on to fat or, you know, I'm chronically stressed out. And that's just all baggage that you've packed on over the last 20 years that you totally have access to dropping. Okay, so let's talk about that. So this goes back to your practice and your your that you've developed, the Align Method. Is that what you do? I mean, do you yeah. feel like, I feel like you go to people and you look, because we have so much, we, I think a lot of us have a lot of pain and I do believe that, that we hold a lot of it as emotions and stress that we hold in our body and we're constantly just repeating patterns and from um, our habits, right, that aren't necessarily oh. healthy. And so- I mean, I want to understand more. I know you have a book coming out soon, right? December. Um, it's on Align pre-sale method. now, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It's called the Align Method: Five Movement Principles for a Stronger Body, Sharper Mind, and Stress-Proof Life. Mm-hmm. So, can you just talk about? I mean, I feel like that's kind of a good lead into what what you actually do, what you've developed in these years. What what is like? Okay, I know you've been trained in rolfing and a lot of different modalities, but yep. talk about the Aaron Alexander method here. <laughs> really, because I think that this is very. I, I every you know we live in LA. There's a lot of people doing things like this, but I think a lot of my listeners are all over the world for sure. And I I do believe that this is cutting edge and innovative because I think that for disease in the body, that a lot of it is because we have we haven't breathed properly. Obviously, we, we don't eat, we don't move a lot of times, but but if we can get rid of the stuff that we're storing, emotions, yeah. the tightness, the clenching. Well, so an interesting example is your posture starts it spills into kind of same thing like the bottom up thing your posture spills into the way that you think it spills into the way that you feel and so there was a study at a university in san francisco where they took college students and they had them hunch over into this position which is like the typical position that you're in every time you're staring at your cell phone or driving yeah. in your car or a plane seat or in front of your desk you're in that hunched over position when people are in that position it's more easy for them to access kind of more like challenging depressive type memories and then when they put their like, cool now let shake it off and right. put you in an upright position where you feel strong and stacked like you just won a prize you know from that position all of a sudden it's a lot easier for you to access these like feel good memories so there's not one that's any better or worse because it's good to be able to go into that deep introspective like don't be scared of the dark right like go all the way into the dark and then I think that if we do allow ourselves to go all the way into that, we can kind of naturally come out. Whereas a lot of people, we get like this self-help stuff and, you know, you need to move through the world like you have this like stick up your ass all the time in order to feel good. Uh-huh. Like that's not it either. Well, so then what is it? If I come into you to see you, if I get to the point where I'm coming to see you, like let's walk through the phrase that the first thing you do is you check posture, you check how they walk, you check their alignment. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, the first thing I do typically is I flip, flip people upside down. <laughs> <laughs> like what we just did? Yeah. Do you do that with everyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I've done it with like large human beings of all sorts. Yeah, it's easy to do. You're just stacking your bones up. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not that big of a deal, I promise. It is. Um, But yeah, so from there, that's a really great way just for people to start tapping into their breath. You know, so the very first thing, like every meaningful movement practice, yoga, qigong, martial art, dance, you know, for thousands of years, the very first thing is what you're doing right now is just feeling into that breath. You know, and so forever in my my life, and only really until recent, um, I would just, I'd go to yoga classes or Pilates or whatever and just be like, shut up about this breath stuff. Yeah. You know, Same. like do a backflip, do something cool. Be like, I don't want to hear about breath. You know, and recent, all of a sudden, it's becoming much more evident, especially upon like, you know, writing the book and like going even deeper into the whole breath thing. One of the chapters is all about, all about breath. 
um, I realized like, okay, there's a reason that every single individual that had something meaningful to say throughout history yeah. from a movement mind-body perspective was coming back to breath. So that's Were the first they? thing interesting. that I'll, like you yeah. back in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. That's look, interesting. Yeah. Look into, I mean, look into the Bible, look into yeah. the Bhagavad Gita, look in the Upanishads, look into karate, look into, you know, anything weightlifting, Olympic lifting, like all the things you need to figure out compression in your midsection. That's how you get power for more of like a body work, relaxation, elongation place. You need to figure out how to get that, that long out breath and, oh, and start to utilize your, your voice as you well. Said, right. So many people are bound up in and around their throat. You know, and they kind of always have that sensation of like they're biting their tongue. They don't really speak their mind. Again, that sounds like some new age woo woo crazy shit. No, it's true. But it's real talk when you actually see clients regularly and there's people that have have stuff that they've been meaning to say to their husband or their wife or, you know, they want to, oh, they want to like come out and be seen, but they kind of have this tightness around their throat. And oftentimes what you'll see is people start to unwind some of those places uh, physically. All of a sudden they'll start expressing themselves in their relationships differently as well. After they're doing this work. After they're doing this work. Or maybe even they could start, you know, take a good join a, a chorus uh, group start singing or start something. singing yeah okay. you know and from there all of a sudden well I'm singing and now all of a sudden I have this softness around my neck and my shoulders are kind of dropping down I don't have this chronic tension in around my, my chest you know it's like yeah. oh well a lot happened there it wasn't just that you were physically singing that's huge tones the vagus nerve right. and does all sorts of great stuff releases oxytocin through your body you know makes you feel good mm-hmm. and safe and loved but also just standing up and being seen and being vulnerable, I think, is one of the most important things that any fucking person can do. Exactly. No, it's so true. It's so ch- even even yeah, like public speaking is is the, the the number two biggest fear, I think, next to death. Right? Like I talk mm. to you all the time, like how do you do that? How do you talk? How do you get in front of people? And I think it's because we're all so afraid of expressing ourselves, and we walk around with this tightness in our chest. And you know, our- we're scared to be judged, so we typically end up wearing some mask because that mask we can throw it away if someone hates your mask. You're like, well, it wasn't me anyway, you know, and so then you can live your life for 30, 40, 50 years until eventually like I can't live my life with a mask anymore. Don't, do you feel like there's one? Don't you think we're always shedding masks, though? In Certainly. Some ways? Yeah. I think that's the process. Of, I think that's the process of, of, of being here on Earth. Yeah. You're peeling back the layers. Like I never when I first started on my journey, they're like, oh, you peel back the layers, of the onion. I was like, OK, but eventually you got to end with that onion and it never ends. There's Why do you think layers. we're here on Earth? <laughs> oh my god that's I'll tell you why okay I'll tell you why I mean why we humans are here yeah, like what is the point of all this shit? well what are we I think doing? to make sense of all the suffering and all the stuff that a lot of us go through I mean if you go back to the beginning of time the Buddha was the first one who said like it's the universal law of, of suffering and in that what he meant by that is that it's our our minds are going to cause us the most suffering it's not even the external things sometimes there are external but how do how are we going to deal with that that, that our voice in our head and how are we going to turn that into um, presence and mindfulness. Yeah. Um, so anyway, once you take a look at those things, I think that we are here to, I actually believe in some ways, perhaps we choose our life before pre, there's a lot of different, like we, I chose my parents because there was a lesson I need to learn. I mm-hmm. chose his family. And I think that this to answer, however you believe we got here, whatever, wherever situation you're in, I believe that we are here to work through issues from our childhood and everybody has them. You didn't have a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect family. I believe that our parents loved us. I believe that they did the best that they could. But we, you can't help but just look at, I mean, take take your parents who they are as humans. I know you, people are always like, but I love my parents, but. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I love my parents too. But like you were talking about your dad. You said, you, you talked about your dad and you said, but I'm grateful for that. Totally. Because that's where we, you chose to learn from that. 
you could have been off and be doing crack yourself. Mm-hmm. And you and I learned from that as well. And it'd be perfect. Yeah. Which is annoying in new age woo-woo shit to say again. Yeah, but if nonetheless, you crack, like, it would have made sense. A lot of drug addicts are the smartest, most sensitive people walking around the, the globe. Yeah. They're just sensitive to how kind of funny the, the systems that we live in that we presently live in are and they're like I can't take it well yeah exactly <laughs> we're all trying to numb with something yeah. but no don't you think we're here to work through whatever happened in our pet to re because you're even saying this I we're like rewiring stuff that we're clenching that we're holding on to we weren't touched as a child or we weren't we weren't encouraged to express ourselves or we lived in fear or anxiety or something happened like it doesn't have to be every day of your childhood but things happen and then we just keep building these habits and patterns in the way we move and the way we are that don't really service anymore so then we have to get to a point where we start to on the path i suppose and start to yeah build ourselves again why do you think we're here i don't know i like to believe what you're saying because it makes me feel like i have purpose and especially as like a masculine quality is like okay there's the goal we're we're marching up the mountain Mm -hmm. you know but then i was reading last night about um, the sun will likely consume earth in like seven and a half billion years and which that's a long time yeah you know we probably won't live to that long probably not probably not um but nonetheless like i wonder as far as like we're building up the human species and this and that and it's like well at some point all this stuff's going to be consumed by the sun anyway okay so what about that right that that makes you feel better well i don't know it doesn't make you feel better it's kind of nihilistic but nonetheless it's like i like I think we need to create stories to live by that veer like that's we're going to live by our stories, you know, and so you can shape somebody's life and the outcome based off of the story that you you teach them. Right. You the know, story that I teach them, the story they teach, and that you teach, teach and that you teach yourself. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times our narrative too. This is the other thing about being, you know, going through the, the process, like doing your work, mm-hmm. however that work looks to you, I think is rewriting your narrative because if mine could have been or yours could have been like I grew up with parents that weren't available or my dad wasn't there and da da and like now power me but you're like flipped it and like what could I learn from that yeah it's such it's like a it's a major superpower to be able to control your narrative yeah so most of us like the what is it over 50% of Americans can't afford a surprise unexpected $400 bill it's crazy you know a cell an iPhone costs like 1200 bucks yeah. <laughs> so, wow. over, yeah. so over half Americans can't afford that. 95% of uh, diseases are considered to be stress-related. I believe that. Certainly. Yeah. You know, so, it's probably more than that. You know, and I, so, I believe that most things are because we haven't learned to live our lives, to process our emotions. Yeah, so if you're living in a model, you know, so let's just say 50% of people, um, $400 bill that's like the carburetor gets funny in your car or whatever all of a sudden you can't feed your kids that month or you can't pay rent that month or whatever it is um, that's going to wig you out yeah you know and so to be able to get out of that model of living and go into a next one where you can start to begin the beginning stages of really like creating a reality is a huge huge deal it is you know so to be a person that you can actually like weave your tail and tell your story like write your own autobiography yeah you know make it as interesting as you possibly want like it's crazy but how did you so then give me, do you, that is crazy is that, is that yeah you're right i think that people don't even 
Yeah, but if you're, st- but here's the problem. And I've been in, I've gotten those bills when I couldn't pay them. And totally. financial stress is, is a huge, it, when you're stressed about money, and I would say that this even impacts men, I think in a different way than women, but it's like you feel, can feel emasculated. If your work's not going well, your oh, job's man. not going well. And then as a result, it's really hard to kind of say, well, I'm going to rewrite my narrative and keep it positive. But I know when I was going through financial stress, it was like, yeah, it's like debilitating, but I had to keep, I was like listening to the secret and all that stuff was that. I was like, I had to. So how did you, how did you move out of that? Oh, the interview me. How do you move out of, how do you move out of, um, how do you move out of going from financial stress to what's the steps? Like there's a transition because once you get momentum, it's almost like cheating. Yeah. If you have, if you're like Trump and your dad gave you 500 million bucks or whatever it was, it's like, all right, come on. And it's still like great. Like you started, you know, halfway to home plate and you ran to home, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's it's nothing against anybody like that. It's all a matter of what you did with that. Um, But that transition of actually getting out of like broke, maybe emotionally as well. Because I think it might be metaphorical. Yeah. How did I get out? I mean, I think I just started to, I never gave up. I believe it was doing this podcast. I believe. In 2000, you know, I started in 2005, in 2009, still not making money. Like it was just financially, I wasn't, the messages I was telling myself was I wouldn't be good at business, that I didn't understand it, it was me too hard, that everyone's just, I was very naive. I was like, everyone's, but this show, people love, people, everybody's going to want to listen because everyone doesn't know anything about sex. And people would try to pin me down and be like, who's your audience? Who's your target? I'm like, everybody. It's going to be men and women of all ages because no one knows anything about sex. But I think then I realized when you get, when nothing, when you have no money and it's desperate and I'm like selling like everything, which I didn't even have that much and like living on a friend's couch, I realized that like I, I believe too much. I took a lot of, I took some jobs. So I, I had to be humble and I had to take jobs doing things that I wouldn't want to do, normally do. Um, and then to get the stability, to find out, like I did things that were way beneath my skill set, but it was just to have the money coming in so I could kind of have the confidence to be like, I'm not going to give up on this dream of sex with Emily. But in somewhat, something about that humble, like answering phones or like I cleaned house for a weekend with a friend, like we did everything. And I thought, I think that that actually made me realize that like, I didn't die. I could do it. I could be humble and then still work on my dream on the side. And then also realizing that, um, that taking baby steps into business, like, like just going, I don't know, like saying like, I can do business. Like my messages were like, but Excel spreadsheets make me anxious, you know, just kind of starting talking to sponsors, people. I don't know. I just figured it out. I think I got confidence because I wasn't going to give up. I knew I was going to give up. So I had to face my fear and that fear was talking business with people. And then I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. Mm. That's what happened. That's my story with that. I like the idea of you have to put, uh, what is it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this up. I mess all these up. You have to put wood into the fire, into the stove in order to, to get fire. I think oftentimes like in the millennial generation, we just kind of expect, and I feel this way. I felt this way throughout my life. I've, I've, I've had this kind of like, I think at like a young age, almost like this like Jesus complex of like, I'm here for this destiny and things will right. just work out. That's, yeah. You know, I, I think, think I'm a millennial. Like in an, I, I feel like I was thing. the first millennial. <laughs> I'm serious because I feel like the way I'm like, I, like mar- I wasn't prioritizing marriage or kids. Like, I just wanted to build this dream and yeah. I believed I could do anything and I believed that it, like, of course it'll work out and then slowly it didn't, you know? So yeah, I get that. Yeah. But, but it didn't work. Okay, so, but now it works. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for all the things that were, you know, hard with it so when i've been in those situations which are still i mean it's still with regularity like i have an existential crisis almost every day okay (laughs) really (laughs) certainly you don't (sighs) 
existential. I wouldn't have called them existential. I would say I have crises every day. Little mini crises. What's the flavor of the crises? What about yours? Give me one. Give me, what was your existential crisis today, or is it too early in the I day? Mean, we're, no, it's never too early for an existential crisis. So essentially, what I'm talking about right now, like we're going to burn up by the sun. Oh, oh that stuff. That seems years. a lot easier to go into that world because I don't worry about that stuff. Is this a simulation? I worry about like I'm. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you do? Do you think this is a simulation? I don't think 50% about that. 50% chance of the simulation. That right now we are in a simulated Absolutely. world. It's not real. Have you really? worn the VR goggles? I have. But that's, I knew I was in the goggles. <laughs> and I need touch and I need human interaction. So I'm not, when I'm yeah, present, I'm so present very, right now. This is like the kindergarten, preschool version of VR. You know, okay. like as you get to the point where it's like, okay, now we're going to incorporate like a cool breeze into the VR experience. And now we're going to have somebody actually touch you. And now we'll, we'll spray some essential oils and smells into the room. What about nature? And, what about real nature? What about sand? You live on the beach. What about walking in the ocean and all that stuff? Like, I, Well, I wouldn't be surprised if, at some point in the near future, VR gets to the point where it would be um, it would be close to impossible to tell the difference between whether you're in the simulation or whether you're actually at the beach. Like I think maybe I don't know I have no idea I have no idea maybe twenty five years thirty years. So you I don't know, know not everyone moved to California is good news. Yeah like right. So then so then, all of, so then all of a sudden you're a person you're in the middle of like you know you're in Trenton New Jersey or whatever and you're like yeah. cool I'm moving cool, to, I'm going to the Bali beach right now. yeah, yeah exactly. Bali you're like Ooh, I, yeah, Bali life God, I Bali life I like that. that Bali life yeah you know or all of a sudden you're like wow like I want my relationship with my wife to be this way I want to have an open relationship and she wants to this and I want to have this kind of I want a Porsche a Porsche be cool. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we come back more with Aaron. You know, I love helping people prioritize their pleasure and build their sexual confidence. And often that advice comes with a toy recommendation. Well, this is why I'm so excited to let you in on a secret project I've been working on, a vibrator that helps do all of that. It's the Sex with Emily Vesper, an elegant little vibrator you wear as a necklace. It's a beautiful pendant that can be your little secret or a sexy conversation starter totally up to you. And if wearing a vibrator around your neck isn't enough of a confidence booster, my Vesper comes engraved with your choice of three limited edition phrases I wrote for you. I come first, turn me on, or meditate, masturbate, manifest. And you know that if I put the Sex with Emily name on something, it's a high quality product. My Vesper is super strong for its size, USB rechargeable, and includes a 26-inch chain. It's available in three colors, silver, gold, and rose gold. Never tried a vibrator? No problem. Have a closet full at home? I promise my Vesper is something totally unique. The Sex with Emily Vesper starts at just $69 and you can order yours at sexwithemily.com slash Vesper. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash V-E-S-P-E-R. And when you get it, be sure to let me know what you think. Have you ever had two friends couple up and you just get excited because they're perfect for each other? Well, that just happened to me and you all get to benefit. I'm talking about B-Vibe and Woo More Play, two great friends of the show with amazing products that I love talking about. They got together this month to create a limited time offer, the Beginner Booty Bundle. And if you're thinking about trying anal play, this bundle was literally made for you. It starts with B-Vibe's Novice Plug, the perfectly sized and shaped toy for every booty. It's soft and slender and not at all intimidating. And trust me, no matter what other parts you're sporting, your butt will appreciate this plug. It features 15 vibration patterns and six levels of intensity. It's completely waterproof and of course, 100% body safe. It even comes with an awesome guidebook and storage case. And because lube is not optional here, the bundle includes the amazing coconut love oil from Woo More Play. Its all-natural formula uses organic virgin coconut oil, vanilla essence, beeswax, and stevia. That's it. No synthetics. 
I love, love, love this stuff. This is a match made in booty heaven. And if that's not enough for you, the beginner booty bundle is just $100 and you save $54. To get out of this limited time deal, go to sexwithemily.com slash bvibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash bvibe today. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash sxm. That's sexwithemily.com slash sxm today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. So how has your work sort of helped you get more in touch with your body and help you with your sex life, if it has? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, without a doubt. I think just, you read the book Pussy, Mama Gina? Yeah, I love Mama Gina. Yeah, she's good. Um, so I just finished that recently. So they talk about the, what is it called? The Kagura Festival in Japan. Yeah. Where they have all the girls come out and it's like based off this old mythological tale where this girl got raped by her brother and then he stabbed her it wasn't a girl it was, it was one of the gods the god of light right. goddess of light thank god it was the god yeah yeah not and, real yeah story. right so okay. her so her her god brother ended up like raping her and doing this terrible stuff and like stabbed her pussy with a some type of rod thing whatever jacked her up and so she became all shameful right. and she ended up moving into this cave and then when she was in the cave, all of a sudden darkness came upon the world and, you know, everything starts turning into kind of like this hellish environment. And then there was this other goddess that wanted to pull the goddess of light out of the cave. And so what she did was she gathered up all the deities around the cave and they did this dancing ceremony and the goddess of whatever it was, earth or something like that, she pulled her pussy out and that was like the dance. And she's like showing everybody her pussy. And it was like it was like this liberating thing because yeah. you're like, look at my my right. stuff. Okay, you know this is me. It's all of me. Yeah, you know. And so within that, how now does, they they still do that in, okay, in how Japan. How does it help your sex life? Well, just I think I think exposing <laughs> I think exposing. Your I love parts, all your parables too. I think I really ex- don't. exposing your parts is is a valuable thing. Not like offending anybody, but putting yourself in controlled situations where you can actually be every square centimeter of your physical, mental, emotional self. In a sexual situation. Any situation. I think all the other situations lead into a healthy situation, healthy sexual situation. Okay, but like, tell me about like the, I'm trying to, Aaron, I'm trying to talk about the work that you do. You're aligned, like you've been successful with opening people (laughs) and you're just like going, and I appreciate that. So touching, so physically touching people in in all of their different parts, getting into like adductors and like pelvic floor work and getting You do that, like that's the work that you kind of help people open up. Yeah. I mean everything. I put hands and mouths and 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 noses. Um, yeah, I mean we touch all the parts. I don't touch like genitals or like anus, but people do that. Yeah, you know people that have their their coccyx that's kind of folded mm-hmm. under from like falling or something like that. A finger up the bum to to help pull that back and be really helpful. Well, how about your clients? And have you heard about that? Because we're going to get back to your sex life. But has okay. your clients has your clients <laughs> said that they that they that their sex life says they've had more? Do they talk to you about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, now at this point, just because I've been doing, uh, working with clients for 16 years, I've been doing manual therapy stuff for about 12 years. Wow. Um, so in that time, I mean, eventually you just get kind of 
tired or bored of like the purely mechanical conversation. And so I really want to hear about people's internal world. Right. And so when we're hanging out, we're like we're talking the whole time. I, th- so I think we did you- it last time when we were working together probably. Yeah. You know, and so I really want to understand what is it that's what it's the operating systems that you're running that causes your postural patterns to be held in this way. Okay. Because if you're currently you're the tensed, kind of part therapist, right? In some ways. Yeah, I mean, I don't say that, but, no, but yeah, without a doubt, that's what be, it ends up but being. Like, okay, so then what? Because don't you think there's just this whole opening of the for everybody that I think that helps them totally. Actually, that we are tense, that we are not having enough blood flow. Like, if you can't get erections or you can't have control over it, or for women too, not having orgasm. I feel like every pretty much woman we we can have orgasms we just don't know how because we've stopped the blood flow we haven't paid attention we haven't breathed yeah. and-, and a huge part of getting that blood flow down there is is in your your brain in your mind you know so like you can have full orgasms you can ejaculate in your sleep nothing ever touched your cock or your vagina or you know your your clit yeah. or whatever you're just whoa you know so we're like we i think we think it's easier you know it's easier to look at yourself as though like you're like a car you know, like I, you know, I broke my, my tire popped and they're like, oh, we changed the tire, you know, but in the physical body, it's like, oh no, like that asthma or that anxiety or that IBS or that fill in the blank dis-ease mm-hmm. that you have. It's very unlikely that it's just a product of that one specific point in your body. That's a, so it's, it's, it's a symptom. It's a symptom. Everything yeah. So your body's symptom, shooting right? up a flare saying, Pow! I have inflammation in my digestive tract. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, where is this coming from? It's like, well, I kind of feel shameful in my body. Um, I kind of feel like not enough when I walk into a room. I kind of feel isolated and disconnected. You know, like perhaps that could be a reason for your body at a cellular level to start to say like, wow, you're, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Like we need to take you down, you know? And that's like going into places that I'm like out of my like expertise realm. Um, but I think autoimmune disease and things like that, or so there's a really interesting psychosomatic conversation I, around that. I, I, Everybody I starts to attack too. itself. It's like, huh, why, why, why would you attack me? Right, exactly. So that's out of your realm. But what about, bros. Exactly. Well, I believe that too. So what about confidence though? I would think that a lot of your um, patients do come in and say to you, clients, do you say clients or patients, if they come into you and they're like, they don't feel confident, they don't love their bodies. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't feel so yeah. think, so think like uh, um, adolescent girls have the highest incidence of scoliosis. Mm-hmm. So scoliosis, your spine starts to kind of, you know, curl over and twist and put you into this you know, curled, contracted, twisted place in your in your, your your form. You know, so as you're an adolescent girl, your chest is growing in these weird ways, and blood's coming out of your body, and guys are starting to objectify you, and there's this weird competition. It's like, oh. Like for a lot of people, I think a, a decent option would be to like come to school and just put a box over yeah, their body. Exactly. Or that's what, and then they hunch in. Or you know, so it's yeah. like, okay, well, like that wouldn't be socially acceptable to put a box over my body, but I could kind of hide and wrinkle and twist inside of my own form and kind of convey to the, my internal, like my, my internal self that like, okay, people can't see me. I just don't want to be seen. You know, so a big part of having structural alignment is to be okay with being entirely seen. You know, so when someone comes in and they have kind of like a folded, like high speak into that mental emotional part through changing the physical form. And we can also start to speak into the physical form by talking through the mental emotional part. I mean, that's a lot, though. I would think you will come into because that's what your, your whole thing is structural engineering. Not everybody knows what structural engineering. You have to understand not everybody knows what that is. So you're going to have to break down some of this. Well, that's your that's what you do. 
Yeah. And in your so, book, so, I'm so, sure, The Align Method. I'm not a structural engineer. What, do you, what is it, though? <laughs> well, what is it? Like, you work on people that don't even try to know Structural what integration would be a term. Structural integration. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, what I mean. Like, people, because people keep, okay, we are in LA. My friend's event is like, I'm going to see it. You should go, someone told me last week, go see my SI person. And, oh, good. Oh, you're yeah. like savvy with the SI world. Great. Yeah. I yeah, thought so that's what you meant. Yeah, yeah, so structural integration. Yeah, it means a great term. Um, but you're not doing that. Isn't this part of what you do? We're all fake. It's it been all what different? I've done for the last That's decade. And now it's turned in more into it's like. like you're being like, evasive. I'm asking you serious questions. <laughs> right? Am I right? I need you to answer. Like, what? No. Start with the. Yeah. All right, what's the question? Talk whatever you want to talk about. No, what's the, what's, what's the question? <laughs> Hit me with a question. I want to know. I won't tell any more parables. I love your parables. I'm just saying, okay, what else do I want to say here? We talked about breath and sex. Tell me about your sex life. Tell me your dating life. I don't mm. know. What do you want to talk about? Well, sex life. Uh, Are you dating? Yeah. Well, so with sex life, like I, like I mentioned, like I've, the thing that I'm most enamored with these days is um, being emotionally vulnerable with, especially a female. Um, I think like throughout my 20s, most of my 20s, I would have liked to have believed that I was available, um, but I wasn't. I was like totally closed down, contracted, right. you know. And so what I ended up doing instead, what I would, you know, I would do essentially be like the Dos Equis man of adventure was like my goal, you know. Right. So I would I would do motorcycle, did a seven month long motorcycle trip through Mexico and Central America and living in a hammock and right. surfing and taking pictures next to hot Mexican chicks, right. you know, and showing the world like, look, look at me, I'm doing it. You know, or climbing mountains or doing these things. It's kind of like a like a rite of passage of right. some sort, I think. And all that was, again, just like more mass. So it, it turned from like muscle mask to now like life adventure mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm just starting to become like tired, I think. Right. But tired of that. <laughs> tired maybe of tired that. of like, that was a lot. But that's also part of it is like, maybe it's also um, running from what's happening. Like totally. I mean, because I, I had a 20s very, sometimes I do feel like a dude. Like I was, a lot of the ways I've coped. Yeah. But in my 20s, same thing, adventure and travel. So now you came back and you're like, oh, that was very external. But now you're ready to like feel I mean, emotions. I think I think I am. I mean, that sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like the mountain. That is the you know, mountain. So before it was like, oh, like surf this big wave or, you know, whatever the thing. Now it's like, I'm pretty sure just being completely okay with being seen, especially by a woman. Um, in any state, you know, and not feeling like I need to put up some type of wall and maybe dodge some question by telling some Japanese parable. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. I was with you. They were flashing pussies in Japan. I loved all of it. But that was real. That was a legit parable. No, that was that was meaningful. We got we got we got it's it's weird. It's weird that we have cock shame. We do have or anus shame. I've been ashamed of my anus you since have? I was a little guy. I'm still ashamed of my anus. Why? Which? Why? I don't know. I don't feel like it's that beautiful. <laughs> do you think your anus is beautiful? I, I don't hate it. I mean, I don't That's like good. my abdomen. I don't my hate butt. my anus. My, I hate like, my anus. Do you mean like my anal opening, like my butt, or like my an, my anal opening? Do I look at the whole the I whole mean, the whole thing? Like if I, I if I were to expose my anus, like uh-huh. the like the the Japanese deity exposing her pussy. It would be a lot of there'd be a moment as I was I was looking into the the Kyoto Japanese parable thing. Um, I was saw this YouTube video of this girl. She was at an art exhibit and she was standing in front of this vagina picture and she just pulled up her skirt and just showed her pussy for like it was like five minutes. It was like the duration of a song and all the people at the museum were there just like standing her. She's just sitting. Where this, were you? I, this is YouTube. Oh, I'm just looking at the YouTube <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> research. <laughs> 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 so she just shows her pussy. She sits there 
you know, and everyone starts applauding and it's like this amazing thing. And like the guards are trying to like stop her from showing her pussy. And it's like this. That's amazing. Yeah, I think more people ought to do stuff they like do. that. Would you do something like that? Would you expose yourself? I'll do it with you. Dude, why not, right? <laughs> if, you, if it's a challenge, um, I'd want a, I'd want a team member. Yeah. So it sounds like you are on the dirt, but did you, did you <laughs> why not, right? I like getting, it's been a while since I've been kicked out of anyone. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it is yeah, good. I, yeah, I'm ready. Um, so Aaron, so tell me, so, so your book, so you're doing this work though that I would think would be, like even us, you came in, we're doing the, the acro yoga, which I am on your Instagram. I've seen it. Is it? What is your Instagram? Align podcast. Podcast. Align. A-I-L-I-G-N. And you're doing a lot of this stuff that is very, it's like intimate. We're breathing. We're like, you're flipping me around. You're doing Mm -hmm. it with other people too on the beach. I see that. It's not, I'm not just special. But there is a connection, right? That you have with people. And to me, that's like, like we're talking about the three kinds of touch. Most people go right into the penetration. It's sort of like this foreplay that is so mean that I think if a lot of us just spent more time stretching and moving before sex and before mm-hmm. any kind of interaction, or maybe you just do that. You can even get a dry brush, you know, and yeah. just start dry brushing your body. You know, like your skin, it's the largest, the largest organ of your whole system. You know, your fascia, your connective tissue yeah. has more sensory receptors than your eyes for forever. It was like your eyes are the most yeah. sensitive place. It's like, no, you're like your body, your yeah. fascia, like all that I stuff. I have a dry brush. I haven't used it yet. Oh, it's great. It's like a gift. Like, it's like another thing to do. Yeah. So before you get in the shower or whatever, like scratch your back and scratch your butt and the backs of your dry, hamstrings. Right? and Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Your calves and the bottoms of your feet. Um, something like that. Like we need to create a, a body map of awareness of where do? we because are in space. Helps with circulation. Well, yeah, it stimulates brain function, it stimulates creativity, it stimulates circulation. Like you, your brain is like the brain brain. That's like a it's like a processing system up in your head. Like your brain, really, like your is is really your whole body. Right. And like they call your guts your second brain. It's got millions of neurons interlaced throughout, and it's you know it's like I think ninety five percent of the dopamine is created inside of your your guts as well. It's like it's they call it your second brain. It's just yeah. your brain. You know, like your whole body is your brain. Exactly. You know, and so when you put yourself in a certain postural pattern, like that it, it affects the way that you think and the way that you feel. So if you can start to kind of take like baseline fundamental mechanics, which is what I get into the align method of like essentially it's like a driver's manual for how to operate your body and your mind. You know, so okay. if you have those baseline fundamental mechanics of how to move on a momentary basis, um you're good. You know, you'll, you, as you'll, you'll be a hundred years old and still be autonomous and still be strong and still be working on getting better at tennis or whatever it is that you're into working on. So in your book, people can actually read this and learn these methods that you've been doing for so many years. Yeah, without a doubt. So they will learn the little incremental methods it takes to kind of realign ourselves. Yeah. And then, so, so there's, so it's broken down into, into five, uh, like movement principles. So essentially it's like five daily movement practices that people can start to integrate. That's super simple. Okay. That has massive reward. Um, one is just spending more time on the ground. You know, on so the ground. Yeah. You talk about that. It's a huge deal. So cultures around the world that spend any amount of time on the ground. So they eat on the ground, they poo, they pee, mm-hmm. they like just like are down in the, those positions. Um, they have minimal to no incidence of osteoarthritis around the hips of the knees. Just sitting on the ground. Without, sitting without. on the ground. Yeah. You know, so you, you, those positions, what your body needs in the same sense of like how you need to be like seen, you know, in order to not have like a shadow around certain parts, mm-hmm. you also need to be moved. You know, so your body is built to be moved in all these different positions that in a natural environment, which is where you've come from for the last ever, 
you would be squatting down on the ground. You would right. be reaching up, maybe grabbing off of a branch. You would be, you know, like it would be Constant natural part of your life. Right. Yeah, you're eating around a fire. You're all, you know, you're down and then you're up and then you're down and you're up. That has been built into your biology to heal all of your parts and to circulate all of your fluids. When we're in these positions where we just become like talking heads, you know, we just sit yeah. and our face moves. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm working. Like, blah. that's like your body's like, what we are we doing? Right, exactly. <laughs> so sitting on the floor, like working on the floor? Yep. Yeah, sex, so on get, the, sex on the floor? Sex on the floor. Yeah. You know, so getting yourself like a really comfortable uh, rug. You know, so like making the floor really inviting and comfortable yeah, is a huge that's deal. That's what I've just done at my house. I was like, I just want everything to be comfortable and cozy. I yeah. want to be able to sit. And sex in the bed really is, is I mean, it's kind of restrictive unless you're creative. You know, like if you're having, if you have like a comfy floor area, you know, and there's like, there's like cushions and there's a couch and you can roll around the room and now we're in another room and now all of a sudden we're like, that's you know, how, like, yeah, I think that absolutely. Yeah. Like imagine doing like, if people do jujitsu or something like that, imagine doing jujitsu on a bed. Be like, okay, we can do this, but like, can't we just get a mat? Right. You know, I'm trying to like be able to move. I want to like throw and twist and turn. You know, so no limitations. No limitations. Yeah. Yeah. So, so make your ground comfortable and friendly and inviting. And then as you're sitting down while you're checking your mail, your like your email, or your eating, or you know whatever you do, um, get your your butt up on a on a high cushion. It's really important that your butt is raised up above your knees. Right. That way you're sitting on the front edge of the sit bones. Um, and then you start to stack your spine. So now you're putting yourself into that position of elongation, which is a healing, confident position. And now you get all the way up from that position and you're more confident, you're more circulated. Um, you're just, yeah, that's you just like feel, my meditation you cushion. I said, like, yeah, it has to be elevated, your knees down. That's right. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, our bodies are built to heal. Like your body going through a chronic like uh, pattern of, of dis-ease you know, we like we we light more fires and then we have to extinguish them. And then we and we wake up, and we light more fires and we have to see a therapist and extinguish them. Like that's not human. You know, that's a product of you going against your natural movement patterning and thought patterning, I think, as well. Like hunter gatherer tribes, their concept of, of work is a lot more playful. You know, they're problem solving and they're walking and they're, you know, they're, 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 figuring, okay, cool. The storm is coming. We have to figure out how to do this. Right. Oh, we have to build shelter. Right. Oh, I hunted an animal. So I'm, I'm tracking and I'm looking at the, you know, the, the prints on the ground and I'm, you know, I've, I can smell in the breeze. Like your, right. your whole body's lit up. Like that is you, you know? And so when you go on some trip, you know, to some far off land or, you know, whatever, I think it's, people should play make-believe. Yeah, you know, get your partner. I in. don't think we play enough. We need to play. We do. That's need the to foundation play. of your health and well-being and your sexual health, which I is a, so another foundation of your health and well-being. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, for sure, playing for sex. We take sex so seriously, and we get yeah, bored with sex done? because we're no. having sex in the bed all the time. Yeah, get out of that. And bed. we're not doing something different. Yeah, yeah sex we, in the kitchen. We can do better. That's how we started. Throw her up on the counter. Exactly. Throw up on the goddamn counter. She said she wants you. To, she wants you to throw around. Throw up on the counter. Yeah. Do something different. Karen Alexander, you're amazing. People can find you at alignpodcast.com and at alignpodcast everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. A L I G N. All the places. And get your book. Pre-order it. They can. I greatly appreciate that. This will be in our show notes. Yeah. The Align Method. There's an online program as well that exists. It's also called the Align Method. Oh. So all the stuff that we're talking about in here, um, that's all in there. And we get into like lifestyle stuff. Another aspect of the the, the, the book slash I think just like mean, meaningful things is uh, moving your senses. 
you know, so starting to incorporate more sensuality, which is all the touch stuff as well. Uh, but also noticing the sounds in your environment, also noticing your visual spectrum. Are you chronically staring into a cell phone, which is inherently stressful? Yes. Are you chronically inside of these boxed walls where you're not able to actually look out over the horizon right. like you've done for, again, the last forever? This is brand new stuff that we're in a position where we're so concealed and contracted and inside. Right. So when you're looking up close at your cell phone, literally the they're called the ciliary muscles in your eyes they contract in order to refract that light they need to bend that light for you to perceive it when you look out into the distance all of a sudden those muscles don't need to bend the light because it can come in straight on and your muscles of your eyes can just oh just relax yeah and so when you look into the over the ocean or over the mountains or so we maybe, need more nature oh man we don't have enough nature in our lives oh we yeah we don't walk. need supplements we need nature yeah, we're doing all this bullshit to replicate nature and you're spending like top dollar for it. Like yeah. go we for a walk in the park. Nature. You can just leave your house right now, walk outside, listen to this podcast while you're walking. Yep. That's what I do. Listen to podcasts. Okay, Aaron, I got to ask you the questions. We have Ready. five rapid fire. Ready? Ready? Yep. What is your biggest turn on? Mm. I think I quite like in, I mean, there's, so just going straight to like graphic sexuality. Mm-hmm. I quite like when a girl uh, attempts to be aggressive because then it gives me permission to like, like really be aggressive, you know, right. like, so, so like having like that, that game of kind of like cat and mouse, I think is right. very cool. Like kind of fi- like she's after your, yeah. So if you're like, a, like, a, like the, like the dead fish thing, I'm just like, what are we doing right, here? Right. This is not it. Okay. So uh, you want her to bring it, bring it a little bit. I got it. Yeah. Uh, biggest turn off. <laughs> Um, dead fish. Um, so that, but then also, uh, poor body mechanics. Yeah. So if a girl's like, has like big fake tits, but no ass and she's, you know, walking around and heels and just like the mechanics of her body. If she was, if she was in the, if she was in the woods and that's really what we're looking at. That's, that's why men are attracted to like big booties as big booty is an indicator that she's going to be able to a birth a child, but also maybe help with like building, help with gathering and help up and down. So if you have good hip mechanics, then you'll naturally develop a, a, a sexy booty. But if you don't have good hip mechanics and you're just like plastic surgerizing yourself, like it's right. not, it's not sexy. Okay. Got it. That's okay. What makes good sex? <laughs> good. Um, sensuality, connection, breath. Well, I think just connection, like having meaningful, meaningful connection the whole time with someone that you actually love and care about. Um, realizing that you literally are merging with that person. Like there's a, there's a fancy unnecessary term called telogeny, which is theoretical. But, mm-hmm. uh, when you're jizzing inside of a girl, <laughs> she- <laughs> I love that word. It's good. Jizz. Uh, I love when you say it. Yeah. 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 So when you're jizzing inside of a girl, she, she literally potentially look up telogeny. It's fun. Um, she, she takes on your genetics or the genetics of that, of that male. And so when you have a child, you're actually potentially having a child of all of the men that have ever jizzed inside of you. Yeah, I've heard that, exactly. <laughs> so the reason I'm saying that, one, it's oh, just God. interesting and fun. Um, and it's theoretical as well. Look it up. It's just fun. No, no, I've heard this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so within, and that's what, what like hunter-gatherer tribal right. cultures have thought forever. They, they, there's another term that I don't remember, but they thought that once you fill a girl up with enough semen to, to build, to create life, 
that's when a human forms. Yeah, I've heard this too. And <laughs> yeah. that's also why the penis is shaped the way it is to pull the semen yeah, out from that, your mate. pulls that jizz out. To pull the other jizz out. Yeah, pull that so jizz out. So your jizz can go in. And potentially why, this is all, do you know Chris Ryan? Have you had yes, him on yes, here before? Yes, yes, that's exactly, yeah. No, I haven't had him on, but oh, I, I, I know why. I don't up. know why. Yeah, I, lo- I had lunch with him like eight years ago. Okay, great. I totally would love to see him again. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Um, so he's he broke down for me the, the female copulatory, what is it? Uh, vocalization yeah. why girls moan mm-hmm. which potentially again all this stuff's theoretical but potentially the reason that is because it's almost like weird like why don't guys moan like that I think guys like, should make huh. more moves I agree more, more noise so within yeah. so within that though the reason for this female copulatory vocalization potentially is to attract more males to increase the likelihood of getting pregnant preggers yeah exactly and also isn't it because to let the men know that she's actually with someone too at that moment, like when she's well, I doing think it. I think that, I think that what it what it is what that theory is saying is that it's it's you're letting you know that you're with someone, but it's letting you know like your flower your flower is open. My flower is open. Come on business. in. Yeah, <laughs> the flower is okay. open, boys. Exactly. Uh, okay. What would you tell your younger self about sex? Um, the same thing. Uh, be careful with hooking up with people that you don't want to become. You know, so if you don't want to merge with a person, um, you know, stay away. Like the like, uh, what's it, what's it called? Jim Rohn. I posted on the on the gram today a quote from Jim Rohn. He said, "You you become the average of the five people you yeah. spend the most time with." I've heard that. That's true. Um, so I'd say you become the average of you know the people that you sleep with as well. Huh. Yeah. So watch out for hoochies. Stop the Yeah. Or the, the, the pa- if you're in a pattern right now of dating the same people over and over again, you might want to er, just stop that. Yeah, if, I think if it so doesn't many, serve you anymore. Yeah. I think so many people like were, were practicing sex work, which is nothing. I don't have any issue with sex work. I think it'd be great if it was, it was legal personally. Um, but that's like a bigger conversation. Obviously there's like lots of different conversations right. with that I'm saying like controlled, like empowered females, like this is what I want to do and I want to support the world and all that stuff. Right. Like tra- human trafficking Got is it. a super not okay right. thing. Um, but we're like doing sex work. Like if you're hanging out with somebody that you just want to slam your body against them, like that's the reason you're calling them and you're like, just uh, to- do you want to, we could, well, yeah, get you dinner. Bang. It's going to feel you know? good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, just bang. <laughs> just meet up and have sex you're like what are we doing all these obstacles and hanging out with people that we don't really want to spend time I don't with like, know. I don't know what that I think it's for intimacy even we wouldn't say that but we want we maybe we're low, we, you know because we, we could just masturbate but we're like oh, we want God, to be with masturbation is such a powerful tool is, every right. time I have that potential inclination to reach out to somebody that I'm like oh like I don't I'm not like in love with this person right you know, I don't really but we could have sex and it'd be fun it would feel good um, and then you masturbate and you're just like, well, back to work. <laughs> really? Is that what you do? So you're like, I'm not going to reach out to people that are potentially, people that you are potentially not right for you or just. Yeah, they're not edge. right. What are you wasting your time? Yeah. You know, you're investing yourself into that. Same thing with work. You know, if you're investing yourself into some work that doesn't feed your soul and doesn't support you, you're developing roots into that work. Yeah, that's true. You know, so you're meeting all the people within that space and you're learning about that and you tell yourself that in five years you'll get over the hump and you're going to like do your own thing. It's like, dude, in five years, you've grown your roots so deep into dissatisfaction. Yeah. That's all you have. That's now you right. have to uproot all that shit. We do got to find our passion, I think. Got to find that work. passion. It's true. Okay, number one sex tip. <laughs> God, I think I'm so consistent with all my things. I think it's all like... Yeah. Yeah, just focusing on connection, you know. Okay. And lubrication. <laughs> communication. Communication is lubrication. It's true. You got yeah. that right. I think it's right here. Okay. It's thank you so much, you. Aaron Alexander, for being here. <laughs> Check my online podcast. This was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much.
Mm-hmm. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for reviewing us wherever you listen to podcasts, giving us five stars. That's awesome. Share with a friend. And thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Kristen, Michelle, Elisa, producer, Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. I'm so excited to introduce all of you to Simple Habit. I mean, not only will it be your new favorite app, but it happens to be home to a brand new audio series that I created. Simple Habit began as a meditation app that featured audio guidance from a huge range of experts, but now it is so much more than just meditation. So when the folks behind the app reached out and invited me to be one of their experts, I was so excited to get involved. So my new series is all about sex. Shock, I know. But whether you're a Sex with Emily super fan or a brand new listener, I promise there's something in it for you. We're launching the series with five lessons and each is focused on a particular topic and each with a suggested assignment to keep your sex life growing and expanding because you know, that's what I'm all about. This month, I'm covering the basics, including everything from communication to exploration, and I'll be adding new lessons each month. By the way, when you're done with my series, there are hundreds of free wellness lessons and thousands of premium ones on there. It's really impressive, and my listeners can now save 30% on a premium membership. So all you have to do is go to sexwithemily.com slash simplehabit, and once you install it, you can quickly find my series by searching SWE. Again, save 30% on a premium membership by going to sexwithemily.com slash S-I-M-P-L-E-H-A-B-I-T today. Then search S-W-E to find me there.